Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for January 9th, 2023. So it's a brand new year, and we're studying the miracles of Jesus. And we're going to go through all the miracles of Jesus. Now, sometimes I'll be able to cover a miracle in a day, like in one session. Sometimes I won't. It'll be multiple days, like today. When I got to this miracle, the Lord gave me so much to deal with that I was like, man, I'm trying to cover it all in one day, but I cannot. This is the miracles of Jesus, part four. Jesus healed the man who had been lame for 38 years. We're going to go to the word and look at the fact that Jesus healed a man who had been lame for 38 years. So, so listen, there's nothing too hard for God. It's never too late for God, and it's never too late for you. There's nothing too hard for God, and there's nothing too hard for you. Get ready to receive the word. All right, so here we go with the word of God for this morning. Before we get into the miracle, I told you that I'm going to be sharing with you uh, Psalms 126 and verse 4 probably every day. Like this is a scripture that I received at our church for this year, and I've been meditating on it every day. And I'm going to share it with you continually because I believe that this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. This is what the Bible says, Psalms 126 and verse 4. Now, Lord, do it again. Put it in the chat. Lord, do it again. Now, Lord, do it again. Restore us to our former glory. Listen, in this season, there's some things that you lost along the way. There was a, a step that you lost, maybe a praise that you lost, maybe some joy that you lost. And in this season, God is going to do it again. God is going to restore you to the former glory. Say amen to that. May streams, the Bible says, of your refreshing flow over us until our dry hearts are drenched again. I'm telling you that in this season, even while I'm preaching the miracles, while I'm teaching you the miracles of Jesus, and we go through every miracle, while I'm doing that, every dry place in your heart will be drenched again. Say, Lord, do it again. Say, say, Lord, so, Lord, refresh me. Say, Lord, restore me. Put that in the chat. Okay, y'all ready? Uh, now I can get into the miracles. All right, here we go. So this is John chapter five. Let me read for you verses one through 13 from the Passion Translation. This is what the Bible says. Now, let me say this about that. When I got to these miracles, I could just say, hey, this miracle is found in John chapter five, and then just talk about it. But I want to read the word of God to you. There, there's, there is a purpose behind reading the word of God. The word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. The, the word of God is able to separate soul from spirit. As I'm reading the word of God, the power of God's word can be manifested in your life. So yes, as we go through these miracles, I'm going to read the passages to you because I want you to get this down in your heart. So this is John chapter 5, verses 1 through 13. This is what the Bible says. From Galilee, Jesus returned to Jerusalem to observe one of the Jewish feasts. Inside of the city, near the Sheep Gate, there was a pool called in Aramaic, the House of Loving Kindness, surrounded by five porches. There was this pool with five porches. Hundreds of people, sick people, were lying there under the covered porches, the paralyzed, the blind, the crippled, all of them waiting for their healing because what would happen was an angel of God will periodically descend into the pool and stir up the waters. And the first one, say the first one, the first one who stepped into the pool after the waters had been stirred up was instantly healed. Now, among the many sick people who were lying there, among, there was many people, hundreds of people sick. Among them was one man, say one man, a one man. He had been disabled or, or lame or paralyzed for 38 
years. Verse six, when Jesus saw him lying there, he knew the man had been crippled for a long time. So Jesus said to him, hey, do you even want to get better? Do you want to get well? The sick man answered, sir, well, well, here's the problem. There's no way I can get healed for, for I have no one to lower me into the water when the angel comes. And then as soon as I try to crawl to the edge and then kind of roll into the pool, somebody jumps in ahead of me. And Jesus said, Jesus didn't even deal with that excuse. He said, stand up, arise, pick up your bed and walk. And immediately the man stood up and he was healed. So he rolled up his mat and he walked again. Now, the work of this miracle, problem was it was done on the Sabbath and religious people didn't like that. Verse 10, when the Jewish leaders saw that the man was carrying his bed, his little sleeping mat on the Sabbath, they objected. They said, what are you doing carrying that mat like that? Don't you know that is the Sabbath? It's not lawful for you to carry things like that on the Sabbath. This man that just got healed after 38 years, he answered to them, well, the guy who healed me told me to pick up the mat. So I picked it up. They was like, what man? And he's like, well, I don't know. What man told you to pick up something on the Sabbath? And the Bible says, verse 13, the healed man couldn't give him the answer because he didn't know who it was. And Jesus had already slipped away into the crowd. So what does this mean for you today? I have a few things to share with you in this morning. Like I said, I'm not going to cover the whole miracle today because there's too much to share. But let me just give you a few things. Number one, setting the stage. Number one, in John chapter five, Jesus is entering Jerusalem. He entered through the sheep gate. Now, let me give you some some Bible teaching. I'm a Bible teacher and I love to teach the Bible. This is a place where the animals were brought into the city. There were many gates to enter the city of Jerusalem. This particular gate was where all the animals came in. I don't know about you. I don't know if you've ever been to a place where there's a lot of livestock, live animals, and and I don't know if you've ever been uh, uh, around them to the point where you you know the smell, you know how nasty it is, you know how filthy it is. And so it was not a clean place to say the least. And this is also a place where the blind and the sick and the lame, they all gathered there. They congregated at a pool. It was called the Pool of Bethesda. And they believed that this pool had this healing power. When the angel came, stirred up the water, the people would get healed. There was a man there who had been sick for 38 years. And when Jesus saw his condition, he asked him, listen, you got to be honest with me. Do you even want to get better? The, the king of glory was standing right there giving him an opportunity. But instead of jumping on the opportunity, the man started to give a bunch of excuses and he went on to explain, well, you know, nobody can help me. And when the angel comes and people fat, you know, all of that. Here's the point. This man was lame or incapacitated, not just physically. He was mentally lame as well. I'm going to expand on that. Jesus didn't even deal with what the man said. He said, just get up, pick up your bed and walk. And then he received this healing. And then the religious people got upset because it was done on the Sabbath. And I may talk about them, those religious people tomorrow. I don't know. All right, but let's get into some teaching. You ready? Here's number two. Look at me. You have to want to get out of your situation. I want you to put this in the chat right now. Say say this. Say, I want it. You, you got to want it from God. Like You have to want to get out of your situation. You should never get comfortable in your situation. You should want God's best. Some people are going through the motions. Honestly, some people, they, they act like they want to change, but they don't really want to change. Some people go to church Sunday after Sunday. They tune into Bible study uh, Wednesday night on, on the live stream or they go, go to uh, Bible study in person and they're going through the motions, but they don't really want it. They go to church and the power of God is being manifested here and there and they don't really want it. People are healed to their left and to their right. People are being changed, delivered and set free. And they're there. They're singing the songs of Zion. They know when to clap on the second and fourth beat. At other churches, they know when to clap on the first and third beat. They know the songs. They, they know the lyrics. 
They kind of know how to sway. They go through all of that, but they're going through the motions. They don't really want it. Say this, but you and I, we want it. Say, I want it. I'm talking about, I I, got to want it. I want God's best. I want to be able to walk in every level of manifestation of God's glory in my life. The man in John chapter five, he was at a place where people were getting healed and he didn't get healed. He was at a place where people were getting healed right in front of his very eyes, but he didn't get healed. Every time the water was stirred up, he was, well, you know, you know, uh, people beat me to it. There are some people who are just putting up a facade. There are some people who are acting like they want to become the men and women that God has called them to be, but they all they have is a bunch of excuses. You can always find excuses, but excuses are just going to keep you in your situation longer. Put this in the chat. Say no more excuses for me. Excuses would just keep you where you are longer. You should never accept or never even try to justify mediocrity. You know, one of the things when, when, when you graduate, when God takes you from one level to another level, it is almost like you develop a disdain. If you're not careful, it's like you have no tolerance for people that are accepting where you used to be. Like, you know, you have friends, all of you on the same level, and then God moves you to another level, moves you to another level. And when you go talk to them and you're like, man, dude, why are you still on this level? And they just give you a bunch of excuses. It's like, you don't have tolerance for that. Like, like what in the, why would you even accept that? Why are you trying to justify mediocrity? As a believer, you have to be determined to move forward. Put this in the chat with, for me. Put this in the chat. Forward ever, backward never. The best is yet to come. And so that's my mantra. We, 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 we have to be forward ever. We, God is always increasing. Our God is a God of progression and not a God of regression. With us, we are increasing every day. I want to get better. Uh, I was talking to somebody, uh, uh, one of you right now that's watching, about how I changed the the intro, like the countdown video, and then I change the B-roll, and I'm changing graphics, and I'm updating the website, and I do this every year. Every year, I want to get better. Every year, we want to update stuff. Every year, we want to... Why? Because we're always getting better. God is a God of better. God, God, when you walk with God, but the Bible says that the new covenant is a better covenant with better promises. Come on now. The old covenant was right here. The new covenant is better because God is always progressing and moving forward. I'm talking about acceleration, advancement, promotion, increase, favor in every area of your life in 2023. Say amen to that, but you got to want to get better. You cannot get comfortable. This man got comfortable in his infirmity. You cannot get comfortable in your in your situation. And some people are so accustomed to a terrible situation that that's all they know. They have programmed themselves. They have resigned themselves to living like that. They, they, are, they have accepted it. They, they, listen, this man was this way for 38 years. He was acting like he wanted to get better but he never got into the pool first. I don't know about you, but if if there's some stuff happening at this pool and it could get me out of this situation, doggone it, nobody's going to beat me in that water. There's a difference between, watch this, look at me. There's a difference between learning to be content. Like the apostle Paul said, hey, you got to learn how to be content in every situation. There's a difference between learning to be content and accepting a terrible situation. Now, I got to learn how to be content in every situation, but I don't have to accept a terrible situation. No, God doesn't want you to accept it to the point where that's your lot. At the the end of the day, God wants you to move forward and not backward. We should learn how to be content, but contentment does not mean acceptance. And so I'm not going to accept anything less than God's best. So, So living beneath God's best, here's the danger. If you allow living beneath God's best to become your norm, then you run the risk of getting to the point where you're so mentally conditioned to living that way that you don't really want to get better. You're just going 
through the motions. You, like you don't even know how to be okay. There's some people who are so accustomed to just being angry and bitter and complaining and arguing that they don't even know how to be okay. They don't even know how to be okay with themselves. They don't even know how to, how to be at peace. Like I know some people literally that, that have to have the TV on or music on or something on or distractions on. Why? Because they don't, they can't be silent alone with themselves and be happy. They can't be at peace with themselves because they're not at peace. And they're so programmed to be in, messed up and bitter and arguing. And like when they call you and you look at the caller ID, you're like, oh no, I don't have time for that right now. Like it, these are people that, that when you look at the caller ID, it's almost like you have to spiritually, like you have to say a prayer real quick before you answer the phone, because you're not like, you're, you're, I, I can't deal with that right now. You know what I'm saying? And they are so accustomed that they don't even see how messed up they are. This man had been that way for 38 years, but say this, say not me, not me. It's time for us to be refreshed and renewed and restored and revived. Say amen to that, all right? Number three, never allow your situation to cause you to grow a root of bitterness in your heart. Here's the problem. Some people, uh, because of difficult situations, they get mad at God. They get mad at others. They get mad at the church. They leave the church. I can't stand the pastor. These people, they're all hypocrites. And then they leave this church. They go to another church. They leave that church. They go to another church. The problem is not with the church. The problem is with, is with you. And, but anyway, they're mad at God. They're mad at life. They're mad at people. They're mad. They're, they're mad. They get mad. And they get, and they really get mad when you're confident, when, when you get excited, when you, when you have a spring in your step and a smile on your face and a song in your heart. And then you're like, hey, glory to God. I remember when I was in the army, I would go to I don't know what it was about PT, but we did physical training at 6.30 in the morning. And at 6.30 in the morning, I'm standing there, you know, at 6.30 in the morning. I'm like, hey, how y'all doing? Praise God. Good morning. And people are like, hey, man, get, get out of my face with that stuff. Come on, chief. Don't, don't, you know. And, and, you know, early in the morning, sometimes when I was in Kuwait, we did PT at 5.30 in the morning. 5.30 in the morning. Hey, how y'all doing this morning? Hey, man, say, don't be coming to me with all that stuff. And, and there's some people that, that they don't even want. It's like your excitement and your confidence, it irritates their condition and their insecurities and, and their discontentment with life. At the end of the day, you got to want it. Like you cannot allow a root of bitterness to grow in your heart. This man had been this way for 38 years. And so his heart had become callous towards healing. He was acting like he wanted to be healed, but he, but he really didn't. There's some people who are so conditioned to going through challenges that they grow bitter. And if they're not careful, that bitterness it causes them to always be complaining and angry and, and just talking about people and talking about stuff. And these are people that if they're not careful, they will miss out on their opportunity. God can show up and, and they can be in a place where the power of God is moving. They can be in church and the, this person right here on their role is being delivered, set free. Somebody over here crying, oh, glory to God. The power of God is moving. They can be in the place. The Bible says that the gospel was preached unto us as well as unto them, but it didn't profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. They can be in a place where the power of God is moving and they miss out. This guy was there. The power of God had moved a bunch of times and he missed out. Listen, you cannot allow yourself to get bitter. Put this in the chat. Say, I am not bitter. I'm not going to allow myself to get bitter. I'm going to get better. The king of glory, Jesus himself, was standing in front of this man. He was ready to heal him. And all the man did was make a bunch of excuses. Don't allow yourself to get so accustomed to arguing and, and backbiting and, and gossiping and talking about people that you, you get bitter. Because once you're bitter, you won't be able to discern the voice of God. You, once you get bitter, you're, you're going to miss out on God 
when God is trying to move in your life, say amen to that. If you truly want to move forward, especially in the season where this is a season of refreshing and renewing, renewing and restoring for us, in this season, you must develop a disdain for terrible situations. You must be, you must develop, I want your heart to be hard towards towards your situation instead of being hard towards God. You, you got to develop a disdain so, so that you're not kept bound in your present situation. You got to, you got to want better. Put this in the chat. Say, I want better in Jesus name. All right. Number four, you got to keep your heart open. Say, my heart is open. Keep your heart open to God and be ready to move when he's ready to move. Keep your heart open. Put it in the chat. Say, I'm open. I'm ready. You got to always live your life open to God and be ready to move when God is ready to move. It's dangerous to get so comfortable in mediocrity that you miss out on God. And, and you, you, once again, you're going through the motions, but you don't really want to get better. Jesus asked a man, this is weird. This is, this is like a weird question. Jesus says to a man who's been lame for 38 years, dude, do you even want it? Like, I mean, like, do you even want to get better? Like, I, I, I mean, like he goes to him and he says, listen, I, I don't even, I mean, like, how could you, do you even want it? Like you're here. And Jesus knew the situation. He says, do you want to get better? And the man said, well, sir, there's no one to help me in the water. And when it tries to move, when it starts moving, I try to be the first one. But when I try, somebody always gets there before I can. He was like, well, nobody's helping me. You ever, you ever talk to people like that? Oh yeah. Well, it's, it's, see, you see, nobody's helping me. It's other people's fault. It's not my fault. Is other people, well, you know, such and such, he's helping him. My dad helps this person. My mom helps that person. They're not helping me. That, you know, somebody, they don't help me. I, if I had the help, I would get better. If I had the help, I could do better. Other people, they keep beating me to it. My friends are helping the other friends, but they don't help me. I try, but people, people keep taking my blessing. I'm trying to do my best, but my best is just not good enough. You ever talk to people like that? I don't know about you, but I have a low tolerance for that. Like I, 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 on real talk, real talk, I have, sometimes when I'm talking to people like that, I have to watch my mouth because I, I'm like, I can't stand that stuff, dude. Like, I mean, come on, what is wrong with you? Stop talking like that. Like, like, no, faith has a language and I know what faith sounds like. You know what I'm saying? And this man was not speaking the language of faith at all. Listen to the key to living the grace life, which is what I preach. The grace life is listening, perceiving, receiving, and responding from God. Re I'm always, say this, say, put it in the chat. I am receiving and responding. All day long with the Holy Spirit, I'm receiving and responding. I'm receiving and responding. Whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do, I'm receiving and responding. The Holy Spirit already made plans. God made plans for, for me, for you, from the foundations of the world. God already planned to bless you. Your job is not to come up with stuff. Your not, job is not to make yourself a success. Your job is not to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Your, your job is not to be the architect of your life and to map out this amazing plan. No, God already made plans. Your job is to receive and to respond. It's to receive and to respond. I'm receiving. God will tell you what thoughts to receive and which ones to reject. You reject the thoughts of Satan, you receive the thoughts of God, and then you respond. I'm receiving and I'm responding. That's how Jesus lived his life. Jesus was open every day. Lord, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Every day, you got to live with your heart open to the Holy Spirit, living each moment of each day with your heart attuned. Watch this to the divine impulses of the Holy Spirit. You are not a mere man. You have to live with these divine impulses. Remember, Adam, I've taught you this before, but I'm going to repeat it this morning. Remember Adam in Genesis chapter one, Genesis chapter two, 
Adam walked with God in the cool of the day. Adam lacked nothing. Adam was led by the Holy Spirit in all things. Adam didn't go to school. He didn't have an education. He had revelation. Adam named all the animals because he got insight from God. Adam was governing down here because he was connected to the Father, spirit to spirit. When Adam sinned, he lost the Holy Spirit and he was resigned to living his life as a mere man. But the day you got born again, the Lord redeemed you all the way back to the Garden of Eden before the fall. Now, look at me. You don't have to just live by education. You can live by revelation. Revelation is better than education. You don't have to just live by intellect. No, you can live by instinct. I have a divine instinct. I, I, watch this. I have these divine impulses of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit. He leads me concerning what to do, how to do it, what to say, how to say it, where to go, what to do when I get there. The, I, I'm receiving and I'm responding. I'm being led by the Holy Spirit. This is how Jesus lived. And this is how we are supposed to live as well. Say amen to that. And then lastly, number five, last point for today. And I'm going to deal with this miracle again tomorrow because I have a lot more to say. Last point for today. Number five, the voice of God will reveal the grace of God. When I got to this point, man, I wanted to high five myself. The voice of God will reveal the grace of God. Now, the grace life is what I'm teaching you. I'm teaching you how to live the grace life where you're not trying, you're not taking on the pressure to perform. You're not trying to make everything happen. You're not trying to make yourself a great success. You're, you're just trying to discern what God already planned for you from the foundations of the world and make a human alignment with your divine assignment. And when you make a human alignment with your divine assignment and you start walking with the Holy Spirit and you start, now you get to experience what God planned for you to experience from the foundations of the world. Now your blessing comes by grace, unearned, unmerited, undeserved. And all you're doing is living by faith, tapping into God's grace. So the voice of God, when God reveals something to you, He's revealing to you where his grace already is. The, and, and faith begins where the will of God is known. There can be no faith where there is no grace. So when God reveals to me where his grace is, his grace <clears throat> is already on something. God tells me, hey, I want you to, to apply for this position. I want you to put in this proposal. What he's doing is he's telling me my grace is on this. And now I have to, by faith, do what I believe God has already provided by grace. And so Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit in all things at all times. Jesus walked into an area where hundreds of people were sick. Now, there were other times where, where people were present that were sick and Jesus healed them all, but not this time. Jesus walked into an area and we're supposed to live like Jesus, where hundreds of people were sick and Jesus healed one man. Let, let that sink in for a minute. Jesus walked into an area where hundreds of people were sick and Jesus only healed one man. Why? Because Jesus only did what the Holy Spirit would tell him to do. Now, today people will criticize. Oh, how, why are you walking past all these people and people in need? And why are you only blessing one person? If the blessing is on you, you should bless everybody. Why are you only... People criticize what they don't understand. This Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. You can only do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. And I told you before a million times, God is not moved by need. God is moved by purpose. Jesus was surrounded by people who were in need, but he wasn't moved by need. He was only moved by purpose. He was only moved by the Holy Spirit. Put this in the chat. Say, I will only be moved by, by, by purpose. Say, I'm only moved by the Holy Spirit. I'm not moved by need. You cannot be moved by need. People, the, the Bible says the poor you're going to have with you always. There's always going to be sick people. You can't be moved by need. There's need everywhere. You have to be moved by God's spirit. He was only moved by the purpose that God sent him to this planet to accomplish. You cannot be moved by need. 
You must be moved by God's spirit. The Holy Spirit will lead you to accomplish his purpose. And, and then watch this. Once again, the voice of God is revealing to you where the grace of God already is. So the Holy Spirit will reveal to you what he wants to do. And in that revelation, he's saying, my grace is on it. So far too many believers, let me say this as I'm closing. Far too many believers launch out. Look at me real quick. I, wanna, I want you to get this point. A lot of believers just do stuff. They launch out 2023. This is the year for me. And they just start stuff and they do stuff and they launch out and watch this. They do things that were birthed in their heart, not in the heart of God. They're doing things that God never told them to do. And then they, and then they try to justify with scripture. Well, the Lord said, he'll give me the desires of my heart. So this is my desire. So therefore God got to give it to me. And then they go get another scripture, another scripture. And then they pray and they ask God to bless it. And then they put in Jesus name. Hallelujah. They might even do a little, a little jerk on it. And then now they go, okay, now God got to give it to me. No, no. God never signed up to give you your desires. He, he signed up to give you the desires of your heart if you're discerning to, of the Holy Spirit. He will give you the desire, not the object of your desire. And then when he gives you the, the desire, that's, he will then later give you the object of the desire that he gave you. But he never signed up to just give you your selfish desires. No. And so what you got to do is be led by the Holy Spirit. Jesus only healed one man. Why? Because that's what the Holy Spirit led him to do. God watches over his word to perform it. That's Jeremiah 1 and 12. This means that God is looking for people to desire what, what he desires, people to discern what he's releasing, what he's speaking, and then for people to do those things by faith. And so what, when God reveals to you, as I close, what he wants to do, let's say this week or this season in January 2023, he's telling you, this is where my grace is. And since I have provided the grace, now son, now daughter, your job is to provide the faith. And if you provide faith where God has provided grace, then you will tap into God's best and you will experience the supernatural manifestation of God's power. You will experience everything that we're talking about, refreshing, renewing, restoring, promotion, advancement, increase, acceleration, all of those things. But it's because God is leading you. You're not coming up with it. God is leading you. You're providing the faith where he's providing the grace. He's revealing to you what he already blessed. You're not asking him to bless your plans. You're doing what he already said. And when you're doing what he said, you don't have to ask him to bless it because his plans are already blessed. You got it? I said a lot. Listen, in these few minutes, I gave you levels and levels and levels of revelation. I pray that you got it. You might need to listen to this message again. Tomorrow, I'm going to take this to another level and close out this miracle. Let's lift up our voice and speak this over our lives. I want you to speak this over your life by faith. Say this. Say, Father, I thank you for your love and grace. I believe this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. As I study the miracles of Jesus, my faith is reignited and it's increased. I open my heart to hear from you. You reveal your kingdom plans and purposes to me so that I can maximize my purpose and potential while I'm in the land of the living. From this day forward, I declare that I shall not be moved by need. I shall only be driven by your purpose. Now, when I was living off of need, my life was all about me. But now my life is all about you. So I embrace my divine assignment. I don't even worry about my needs 
I pursue purpose and I believe that you will give me more than I need. Your word says that you are able to make all grace abound towards me so that I would always have more than enough to meet the needs of every situation and also to give to every good and charitable work. So I'm led by your spirit. The Holy Spirit reveals to me where your grace is. And then I tap into your grace with my faith. Living this way, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word today. Tomorrow I'm going to have another one. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting my notes, and you get my notes for free, go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address there. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Do me a favor. Two things as we close. Go into the chat right now. If this message was a blessing to you, leave me some comments in the chat. Tell me how, how you enjoyed this message, how it impacted you, what you got out of it, something like that. I like to read those. And then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you and God loves you more. Have an amazing day. I will see you tomorrow morning. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material. And there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.